This is a Think Live Be production. That's why it's a shirt. It's Kayla's back. Kayla's back. Hi. She's back in town. I got to readjust the <laughs> microphone. She's not used it's to. Been, it's been sitting there for three weeks without being touched. I'm here now and I'm still not going to touch you. Are you taller you re- or something? Do you re- should, re- no one touched it. <laughs> do you remember that you have to talk into the microphone? <laughs> That's why I was moving it because yeah, I was over it. it. You can get it set it up so that it. There you go. It's nice to have you back. I'm so happy to be back. Hello, friends. <laughs> um, last week, you you weren't here, so you missed all of our fun conversation about if I could go back in time, what would I do on day one? Like if I was a brand new licensed agent and I talked about what I wore. <laughs> what did you wear? I wouldn't kidding. imagine you wouldn't been stylish or at least that professional. That I wouldn't have been. <laughs> Did I say that wrong? <laughs> I meant you would be stylish well, and, fashion- I, I'm and professional. I, I, I just, I did say that I remembered what I wore to my interviews. I don't really remember like the first day of like, I'm licensed. Now, what do I do? I don't really remember that day. Yeah. But I do remember going on interviews and I was super stylish. I had a crisp white button down shirt with like a red belt that Ooh. buckled around and a black skirt. Mm-hmm. A skirt? Was, I've never seen Catherine in a dress or a skirt. That's false information. That, no, I, I have, never. I did because one time I wore a dress to the office and you're like, you should do that more often. And then I was like, that was no. What time. was that, four years ago? <laughs> I have dresses. I, I'm i just more comfortable in jeans and a blazer. I'm really trying to picture it right now. <laughs> I, I have embraced the Keller Williams uniform. I like the blazers. <laughs> I only have two right now, but I have a couple in a shopping cart right now. Uh-huh. Uh, just waiting. Just waiting. I'm just, do it, Kayla. You deserve it. Oh, no, no. I'll hit checkout one of these days, though. I do that, too. There's probably 15 <laughs> websites with stuffing with cart, stuff in the carts. It's fun. It's, just just, there. it just it's like window there. shopping, yeah. online digital window shopping. Um, <laughs> and then when you hit checkout, it's like a reward. <laughs> You've got to earn it. Um, but yeah, I was just talking about like what it would what, what would I do if I could go back in time? So I think we're, we're going to continue that conversation because I felt like I left it off and there was still more to say about that because there is so I don't have any regrets, by the way, like, well, maybe every now and then I'm like, well, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> but not at the beginning. Like, cause I, you don't know what you're doing. So I don't look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. And that would have changed things. I appreciate all the time I wasted because it made me learn how to do things, um, different ways. And like, sure. you know what not to do. Yeah. You, that's part of the, well, that's what, that's what experience is. Gro- mm-hmm. That's what growth. And, and yeah, I feel like, um, I've said this before, but I hear all the time whenever I talk to new agents um, or people who are interviewing for jobs, like they just want to feel like an expert. And the reality is, is that you won't for a really long time yeah. because you you can't be an expert with a couple months under your belt, even if you're doing everything right. Like that comes with um, doing the same things over and over again um, and mastering them or or at least doing them well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we ever master everything perfectly because things change. Our industry has changed and the way we do things has to change. But why did I bring that up? Because because as a new agent, if if you're listening to this to try to figure out like, 
how do I get all this just right? Follow, like, I'm telling you what I've learned through experience. So, like, I do think this is good advice to to listen to as a new agent. But just know that you're not going to do everything right. You have to make mistakes, and that's how you learn the right way to do things. Just don't blow anything up. <laughs> um, even that, like, I don't know. What does that even mean? You know, blow, like, what can you really, this isn't life or death. Yeah. What can you really do that's so damaging? I mean, don't do anything illegal. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, that's probably it. Don't do anything unethical. Take your license just, away. Just be a good um, person, person and a professional and 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 listen to others. And that's what I was started with on the end of la- the last episode was one of the after you've built your database and you're getting that going. Um, And what you know what? Maybe let's break that down. What does that mean? Because Building a database? Yeah. It's people that you know, even if they're just acquaintances, but it's getting their name, phone number, and email address, and hopefully mailing address too. You really want all of their contact info in a spreadsheet so that you can upload it to some sort of CRM. So that's what we mean by like building the database, the the sphere. Yeah, it's not paid leads or open house leads. Yeah. Anything like that in the beginning. And I think like... I, again, I don't, this is too long ago. I'm too old. I don't remember the training that I got that in depth, but I do know that sometimes people are told, um, like go do a bunch of open houses and add those people to your database. It's, it's not the same thing. No. There is sphere. They don't know. They're not going to answer their phone. There's <laughs> a spam number. Well, they do. <laughs> Otherwise open houses wouldn't be good solid leads, but but like you, there's two different things, sphere and database, and they mixed, the words get mixed up and people, I think, get them confused. So let's just clarify what I was talking about last week was sphere and building your sphere. Those are people that you know, even if they're just acquaintances, right. we getting said, all their contact info. We said 200 people. Yes. If they, if you, if they would know your name when it was said out loud, then their then their their sphere and and you get their information database 200 is the sphere plus anybody else anybody else that you happen to come across that you've met or not met right not mets can be in a database too yep. but don't worry about any of that yet garbage <laughs> until you've built 200 names of people that you know through your circles of influence right and that could be, um, I'm going to name off some places of where you can. The dentist. Sphere. The I dentist is a sphere. She's is. great. We go to the same dentist. We do. I know. And she's great. I'm just there she to rebound be. you. Just, we talk about you. Her, her sphere. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so circles of influence. Do you have a dog? And do you go to the dog park regularly and interact with people? The, those would be sphere if you interact with people. Do you go to the gym? And you have people that you interact with at the gym. Those are your sphere. Um, obviously, your friends, your true friends, um, your family that, you know, I would say focus on people that live here locally to start with. Like, you're again, you're trying to build to 200 people that could actually refer you business that like can that can get your business going. So if you start adding people in a completely different state, although they could refer business to you if they have no connections here, that's the really long game. Yeah. So that's not really part of that initial 200 sphere. 
Um, if you go to a church, do you have kids? Do they go to school? You probably talk to parents. Significant, PTA. Significant others. Work. Who, um, friend, yep. Group of friends. Like you got a whole- your husband or spouse or partner, like they have a job and they have people they know that you've met at some work party or something. That's your sphere. What else? Um, are you a part of a um, any organization? Any, any group, organization? Yeah. Any board members? Volunteering? Uh, yeah. Anything? Anybody that you've crossed paths with? That you've got? You're probably, really friendly with the baker at Publix. You could got, be your... You've got two thousand people in your Facebook feed or Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of those people did you go to high school with? Did you go to college with? Do they live in town? Do they know who you are. Just Play a by, sport. Just be, even though you haven't spoken to them in three years. Yeah. The, that's the thing. That's where P, I think people get caught up is I haven't, I know that person. We went to college together. We were in a few classes and we're Facebook friends, but I've never, I haven't talked to them in three years. So now you want me to call them? Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. How are they right. doing? The, the, what uh, are they doing that you can support too? This is the yeah. whole point, right? We say this is one of the only businesses you can start without any money. So the capital and the money that's be, the t- the time and the effort that's the trade off that yeah. uncomfortableness of calling those people that's the trade off is you get to ha- start your business without having any money but you have to do this other thing yeah right so yeah. suck it up <laughs> buttercup <laughs> that just gives you the hard truth of things I well love it's that. true <laughs> you want to tell people what they're listening to I was getting there of? oh you were not <laughs> um well okay so. Anyways, we were talking about Sphere last week, so now we're going to talk about, okay, so you built the Sphere. What's next? So this is our podcast, and we talk about- Is that a reset? <laughs> reset. A reset. Uh, we, we called it Seeking the Best because we're always trying to seek the best in ourselves and look for ways to overcome personal and professional hurdles in the real estate industry. And my name is Catherine Stelges. Across from me is my co-host, Kayla Boundy. Back, back at bat, back Back at in it. action. Yeah. Guess who's back? Back, back. <laughs> And Patrick Fatika, our uh, sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. Hello. And um, he gives you the tough love. That's his That's role here. That's what we need in real estate, though. You can't just coddle an agent to get them to success. I've, I've totally yeah. thought about like what just what if Pat into was it. what if Pat was like the sales manager and he would oh. come in and be like, "I'm happy with the <laughs> changes I made and the people I fired." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways. So back to back in time, we were talking about first step. I wish I would have. I did build a sphere. I was told to do that in the training that I had at another company, but it was not like um, it wasn't expressed the importance that this will have on your entire career for the rest of your life. Um, And I think that's maybe because like a lot of real estate is sort of a, a revolving door of people. People get in, people get out. People get in, people get out. And not that many people make it a career that lasts a long time. And so people are always looking for that fast, easy, like, how do I get a quick sale? And the, first of all, there is no there is no answer to that. But um, but I think that sometimes that's maybe how they're trained, too, is like, look for, look for the low-hanging fruit instead of building the long-term plan that will lead to success over time. It's harder and it will take longer. And it's also harder for, if you're brand new, it's hard to wrap your brain around what that is. Yeah. Because you have a hard enough time even understanding the basic vocabulary when it comes to real estate. You know what I mean? Like you haven't 
heard a lot of terms. You don't really know what, what, you know what I'm saying? So, so trying to wrap your brain around not, um, the, the big picture of this is how this works. And you're going to see, you're going to reap the benefits of this, um, three years from now, what you do today is hard for people to kind of grasp. Oh yeah. For so sure. it's easier to, in training to say, low-hanging fruit, go do open houses. And people will – it's probably also why you see so many – everybody knows somebody who used to have a real estate license because it's so difficult to kind of get through those beginning stages. To build a career To build out a of career it. out of it. Right. Yeah. That That's why everybody knows people who used to have a real estate license. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I've met so many people who said – yeah. used to have a license. Yeah. Cool. And some still do. It's like active, but they're not like actively being a realtor as a career choice. Yeah. yeah. They're just on the side the, writing offers and not having any. Can I just say, can <laughs> I just say something that's funny? Um, I really, I think it's really funny when people say stuff and they, they don't mean any harm by it, but they'll say like, oh, I've sold 10 houses over the last four years. I'm like, cool, I've sold hundreds over the last 15 years. So I think we'll listen to my advice, not yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know they don't mean anything by it. They're just like, they want to tell you, like, I know how to do this, you know? Yeah. And like, then no. you're like, no. Did you sell one in the last month? Okay, then you have no <laughs> have idea. Have you seen the market recently? Do you know what's going on? <laughs> have you bought a house this year? No. Okay, then you don't know what's going anything. on right now. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. We should but, put money in um, to Advil stocks. <laughs> <laughs> or wine. Or, <laughs> or wine, yeah. Um, so that's the main step as a new agent is and and you're totally right we talked about this with vision like a couple episodes ago is that it's really hard for people just in general to see 5 years 10 years in the future and a sphere building a 200 person sphere takes time to see the results from so it's really easy to make that like your second or third or fourth or fifth priority every day and yet it's the one thing that I guarantee, and I think I said this last week, I guarantee if you talk to all top producing agents across the board, their number one source of business is their past clients and sphere. And that is because of repeated touches over time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so what do you do after that? So you you don't do anything until you've got 200 people on the list with names, phone numbers, email addresses, mailing addresses. Then you've called them all and you've introduced yourself as a real estate agent. Check in with them. Let them know you've started this career. Who do they know that wants to buy, sell a home or invest in real estate? And then, um, yes, for those weird calls where you're like, okay, I haven't talked to this person in four years that conversation is is going to lean more personal. Like you're going to be just sort of checking in with them in their personal lives. And then you, they're going to naturally ask, what about you? What's and been going like, on? I actually just got my real estate license and I joined up with Keller Williams and I'm really excited about it. And I've got some big goals. And so, you know, I, I, I would really appreciate it if you could think of me. Do you happen to know anyone that's interested in buying, selling or investing in real estate? All of these, I've said this a million times. I don't, all of these people know you on some level and if you were on the other side and that person called you and said hey i just started x business Uh, do you know anybody who needs this particular service would you be offended would you be would that make? don't call me yeah so i don't understand this hang-up of i don't want to do that because what 
Because I feel awkward. Yeah, it's like I'm every afraid. single one of those people on that list will will help you in any way that they can. That that just put yourself in their shoes, and if they called you, would you be offended? Would you be put out? Would you be no? You would help, right? That's what you would do. So just remember that that's what they're gonna be hearing. And that should take away all of that awkwardness. It's like people want, these are people that you know, you're not calling people off the street. You're not well, calling yeah, people like, yes, will, will a FISBO hang up on you? Yeah. Yep. A FISBO is going to hang up on you. So I don't understand this thing of call FISBOs, do, call expireds. Those are the people that are going to hang up on you. Your sphere, these other people, they are your support. They're, they're, they're people, even if you haven't spoken to them in three years, they're going to help you every chance they get. So that's why I don't understand why, why, uh, why people don't take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, so even like, okay, such a good point though. Like agents just have to hear that exactly like that. Yeah, well, that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so even if it, I think about when I started to build my sphere and I wish that I would have, and I still could go back and do this. Okay. So even if you're, you've been in the business for a while, like you can start rebuilding your sphere. I think about this sometimes, like I could just start building a new sphere tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no reason I can't do that. It's just making the time for it. Right. And saying, I'm going to, you know, set a goal of adding X number of people to my sphere list. And then thinking about who those people are. When you're new. Because right, you have nothing else to do. But that was my whole point of why it's so important to do it and make it your priority until you're done is that it, once you get some some buyer that's ready to start looking at houses, you're done. Yeah. you will feel like so busy. Even though you're not, you've only got one. Yeah. You, you will feel so overwhelmed that you'll never get back to that task and do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to finish that to completion. And also, so I remember I took, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for a moment and- if you don't have the sound effect, that's okay too. Mr. Rabbit, wait! Okay, so I took a class um, learning how to sew. I might have said this on the podcast before, but I I wanted to learn how to sew. So my friend and I took a sewing class and it was like once a week in the evening for, I don't know, a month or something. And um, we were sewing a terribly ugly tunic (laughs) and I never finished that thing and guess what I don't know how to sew okay so the point of that story is (laughs) Kat still doesn't know how to sew well the point is like I don't know how to sew because I didn't finish the stupid tunic and if I had just finished that one project that would have given me the confidence to learn more and to do more Mm -hmm. So that's my point is that your sphere is like this ugly tunic (laughs) that you don't want to do that you don't want to do. You're never going to wear. You're like, (laughs) you're like, I don't want to wear this thing. Why did I come to the sewing class? Um, And if you just finish it, though, you will have the skills to do more and to learn and like learn how to do something you actually want to (laughs) wear. Good. Good analogy. Good job. I thought learning from Pat. I know. He's very good at analogies. Mine are, we're not it so was sure great. about. It was great. <laughs> so, but, but again, finish that first. So now I think you can probably build a list to 200 in a week. Maybe that's a little ambitious. Kayla's like, <laughs> what? If you only do If you only that. did that, true. All you're doing is building lists. True. You're not contacting Divide anybody. that by five. Math that. 40 a day? Yeah. So just do that one thing. 
and write down the names of people and, and their phone numbers, their email addresses, their mailing address, everything that you can get on that initial first week. Then the second week, you're calling them. So I still think you can call. You can call more than 40 people a day. But yeah, if you it's actually like seven have people an hour for a six hour shift, if you actually have conversations with people that can eat up time, you know, that's one of the things that people complain about. Like, I can't get to this many contacts because pe- people are keeping me on the phone. Well, understandable. You might be calling people that you haven't talked to in a while and you don't want to. The, um, the first time around is always going to be the longest. Yeah. So let's say week two, you call through everybody. Some people aren't going to answer and you're going to have to leave a message. You call through everybody and in week three, let's say that takes you all week. I'm trying. I think I'm being pretty generous yeah. with time. Yeah. First week, build the list. Second week, call everybody on the list. If you don't have a phone number, email them and get their phone number. Message them on Facebook, get their phone number, and then call them. Finish all of those calls that week. The next week, you're writing handwritten note cards with your business cards. I think it's fine to just send temporary business cards. Like usually you join a brokerage and they give you temporary cards, whatever. Just get it in the mail so that, so that you've got yeah. these touches just doing. Get it, get the touch because eventually you'll get your own business card. And then you can and mail then you, them And then you again. do it again. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good reason to reach out to them again yeah. in the future and say, hey, I got some new business cards. I'm sending these out they to you. They have my face on them. <laughs> Let <laughs> me know what you think. Um, <laughs> so, so week three, you're handwriting note cards. Does that sound brutal to write handwrite 200 note cards in a week? A little bit. I mean, it's the only yeah. thing you're doing. To yeah, math I mean, that. outside of, outside of just the hand cramp <laughs> on it, like if your hand doesn't cramp up, it shouldn't be a big deal. But yeah, I mean, handwritten yeah. or can we print them? No, handwrite them. Handwrite hand, them. Handwrite them. If you I print agree. Them, it's, Don't get lazy on I agree. day, on, day on, three. <laughs> <and you're> already, <laughs> it's not lazy to print them, but just you know, again, these are. It's it's handwritten for a reason. Touches there if if it comes in a little note card, it's more likely to get opened, and so you want to handwrite these things. So that's week three, and guess what? This is probably starting to sound a little boring. Welcome to the world of residential real estate. It is not all like fun and games. Yeah. The (laughs) now, if you like penmanship and like cursive handwriting (laughs) and brush lettering, this is super exciting for you. (laughs) You're ready to go two hundred. So week three, you've written all these cards. Now, what did I say last week? I said um, somewhere in the evening. So after you you work a day like it's your job to get these names on a list, then you work week two like it's your job to call all of these people. And your job isn't complete until you've at least called 40 of them, right? Because 40 will get you to 200 if Kayla did that math right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Dur- during the evenings while you're sitting at your computer, those are the times where you can maybe like schedule your headshot to be taken, um, play with the website you were given, add some some details there. Maybe you can find an open house to shadow, but make your job your number one priority for that first week because at the end of week one if you do this you could have a 200 person list database that you've communicated with completely right. and mm-hmm. you don't two know, times and also you don't know what's going to happen if you're actually communicating with them and doing and focused on that it's like we say you'll be continue to do this throughout your entire career but you're making you're doing these touches for a reason and the reason is is to get leads right so they're you will shake something loose in this process. And if you're not doing this during the day, at the end of the couple weeks, you you could get, uh, you might end up with three or four leads 
And they will, if you're a new agent, those three or four leads will monopolize your entire week because yeah. you don't haven't figured out time management yet. And all of those phone calls and all of that stuff will will fall to the wayside and you will be on what they call the roller coaster where you're really, really busy and then you're really, really slow and then you're really, really busy and you're really, really, really slow. And the reason for that is. Well, you just explained. Right. You're busy. And because you're busy, you then don't you don't have time to make the, the repeated right. contacts that then lead you get to business. Really slow, so you start making all the calls, and then you get really busy, and you stop making the calls. And you can't. But the goal is to always be busy, and the only way to do that is to always make the calls. So now we're into week four. So at this point, am I going too fast? You take a vacation. <sighs> No. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you wait seven years to do that. Yeah, seven years. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> um, so week four. So at this point in the evenings, you've looked for um, some open houses to shadow. So week two, week three, hopefully you found at least one or two open houses to shadow. And like we said last week, you're just going to watch the other agent learn from them, ask them what they do with open house leads when they meet people. What is the point of the open house? All those things like learn about what you're there to do. I see new agents go and host open houses and they have no idea what they're doing. They barely have a lockbox key and it's just a waste of time. Like it really is. It's like, I know it seems exciting. Um, you will soon think that it's not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's, it's exciting, right? Like, oh, I want to do an open house. I want to meet people. I want to write offers, blah, blah, blah. But I, I really believe that if you can stick, if you have the discipline to stick to the schedule, you will be setting yourself up for success for years and years to come. So week four, I think if you've shadowed two open houses and you have the general understanding of what's the purpose of the open house, um, what contact information you need to get and how to get it. And then, how to open a door, not get locked out. And then um, and then you have a simple follow-up system. So week four, day one, you shadowed a couple open houses. Write down eight steps for follow-up for an open house. You do not need to invent this. It's probably created for you somewhere, depending on what brokerage you're with. There's probably some sort of communication plan in a CRM for open houses. Google it. If you don't, yeah, Google it. Listen to one of our podcasts about open houses. We've already talked about um, follow-up plans for this, but eight touches for these leads, okay, which will consist of calls and emails. And then you find an open house that you can host. Meanwhile, you're now, you've now called through all of your sphere. You've mailed them all a note card. It's now time to upload them into a CRM. If you don't have one, research, you know, research a CRM. If you really have no zero dollars, I think you can live off of an Excel spreadsheet with a notes column that says, I called everybody on this date and I mailed everybody this on this date. And start saving your pennies because mm -hmm. when that first check that comes in, that's what you're going to want to invest in. Yeah. You want to be able to keep in touch with people. So, so you can do it through a spreadsheet. It's just you're it's gonna, not a long you're, game. You're, yeah, not yeah. You're gonna want to as soon as you can afford one. Just keep doing the research. If you work for a decent sized brokerage, uh, name brand brokerage, they're gonna have something, have something for, you. for you. Yeah, which is by the way, like we talked about interviewing brokerages for a while, it's and like to ask, like yeah, 
these are things, you know, people don't, I feel like agents don't want to pay for anything. You know, mm-hmm. they want everything to just be free and, and they want, you know, a hundred percent commission and zero dollars. Give me a bunch of leads and give me a bunch <laughs> of leads. But the reality is that, um, having a platform in which you can add your contacts and keep in communication with them is that, one of the most important things. Yeah. That's super user friendly and easy to get to on your phone and all of those things that you don't really think about. It's like some of these CRMs are, are, are using old technology and they, they have that, that, old 19 dial up early 2000s (laughs) look to them and they're clunky and they don't they don't have a a a, a mobile app and stuff and you gotta you know enlarge it and kind of and it's it's like you've got you know all of those that's that's that is a good idea like if you're if you're new and you're looking for your brokerage those are the kinds of things that they're supposed to be supplying right we talked last week about the split Mm -hmm. and what does the broker take and why do they take it and all of those things it's like the support is one of it and that one thing and that's what this is so you gotta you might you might have access to a crm you don't even know about yeah it truly is one of the most important things because what are the five job duties of a real estate agent? Eat, sleep, drink wine, repeat. There's That's all more. I for. <laughs> Somewhere in there you got to write an offer, I think. Um, so, but no, it's a lead gen, lead follow-up. Well, how do you lead follow-up? I mean, there's write offers, negotiate contracts, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But lead follow-up is number two on the list and you can only do that if you have a systematic way to follow up with those leads and or your sphere and so you really need a good crm if you don't have one though make your excel spreadsheet or your google sheet and add a notes column and put the date that you called all those people and any notes that you got from them but don't waste your time becoming an excel wizard Trust me, just get the CRM. It will prove completely fruitless. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, and, I, and, I, and by the way, I don't know this because I don't. I've never had to buy one, but I'm assuming a CRM is a monthly fee. Yeah. Of yeah. twenty dollars or no. something. Is it? It's more, it's more than, than that. Okay. Yeah, and it depends on the but what you're, the platform's this is, doing. This is your business. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to buy a bunch of inventory. All you for of to course. sell a product. Yes. All, this is it. So. Yes. You know, put money towards it. Yeah. So, well, this is why I've said before, like, I don't think you should come into real estate with zero dollars. I know that we we say that and you'll hear that in the industry about like that. It's the one place where you can come with zero dollars and make a lot of money and stuff. And it's true to a certain extent. But if you're broke on day one and this is your only job and you don't have financial stress is real. (laughs) (laughs) then you will be out of the business before you've even started because we've talked about there's a runway and a learning curve and and a sales pipeline is the better way to put it like it's not just learning it's it's like you've got to meet somebody so even if i went if i called through all my sphere and through the first month right i just described three weeks of touches right i call through all those people and one of them has a referral for me and i call that referral that referral is ready to do something it's still going to be, even if they're ready today to go find a house, it's still going to be at least 45 to 60 days before they're closing, unless they're all cash and ready to make an offer right that second on right. something they've already found. Which isn't going to happen. So, and Like, I don't like to work my business off of miracles, and you shouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. So don't plan for that kind of miracle scenario. Like, make sure you're good for at least 90 days to give yourself time to get set set up and find some business that starts working. Um, so then 
we've talked about before, like the three buckets, you know, like you should have sort of three general, um, three general like sources of business. Mm -hmm. And so one of them should always be that sphere referral based word of mouth business. And then you should decide how you're going to grow other areas. And that's what you should work on next. And so maybe we can take a quick break and get into that. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Um, okay. What were we talking about? Buckets. We were talking about buckets, buckets of leads. <laughs> buckets and buckets and buckets. That's another mis- misconception. Um <laughs> I think people people think you're just going to get like, oh, people are just yeah. going to call a me. Bucket full of leads. Make sure when you go to your brokerage, uh, go to a brokerage, one of the questions you ask is, do you give out leads? Yeah. Don't. Do you provide opportunities? I know, but it's like we're telling you, if you're a newer agent, we're, you're, we're telling you where your leads are going to come from. And if you think you're going to join a brokerage and, they're just, and the phone is just going to start ringing and you're going to be running out on appointments that's not going to happen. Can I, that doesn't exist. So, okay. When I first got into real estate, um, I don't know if I should say the name of this company. Um, it's fine. Okay. So I, I remember talking to at least like seven or eight companies, like I said, interviewing the brokerages. And one of them was Zip Realty. I don't know if that's still a thing, by the way. I've never heard of the Brokerage. And if you're listening and you're a part of Zip Realty, good for you. I, do, I really don't know. Pat's going to look it up. Um, but I remember interviewing with them. And one of the things they were selling at the time was sort of that they did. They got a bunch of leads online. They got online leads, which at the time was new. Was like <laughs> yeah, it, says, it says. That was mean. I'm sorry. No, it's but okay. also- <laughs> it's, it's, it's a website. It's a website that offers real estate listings and homes for sale. So as they part didn't of cut it as a brick and mortar Realology's company-owned brokerage operations. Okay, it's but- maintained by Zap Labs LLC, the Innovation and Technology Development Division of Real Realology. Realology, yeah. So it's 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 the same thing though. It's it's like a Redfin, except Redfin has a bigger presence now. Yeah. But it was the same kind of concept where. Well, not the same concept as Renfin. That's different. But what I mean is it's a website. You put listings on it and you get leads and they're a brokerage. So when Zillow was around, um, again, back in this time, like Zillow was kind of new. Um, when did we say Zillow came out? I forget. Okay. It was before I started. Like 04, 05? I feel like I need to look it up again. But anyways, it was before I started in real estate. However, it was the same idea. There's there's a website. You put a bunch of listings on it and you advertise the website and people will go there to look at listings. Therefore, they don't need a real estate agent to give them listings anymore. That's what's changed over these, these 15, 20 years is that they have access to all the listings. Whereas before I got into the business, the only way you could look at listings was to call a real estate agent. Right. So Zip Realty, though, at the time I went and interviewed. 2004, by the way. They yes. got in 2004. Okay. So and I got my license in 2006. So yes. this idea of like putting was, listings it, online it was, was still was, relatively new. And it was December 2004. Okay, so yeah. really 2005. Yeah. So but Zip Realty was like this fresh idea of they were going to they were going to give you leads and they had this this CRM platform that would filter in leads for you and then you would just have this pile of people that you would be calling and stuff. Now, again, 
this is not a knock on Zip Realty, but like I said, I don't know where they are today because obviously they're still in business, but that didn't like take off and become this giant big thing. I mean, that's what like Zillow kind of does now. And if they had that thought back then, then they could have expanded upon it, but they didn't. So Well, so what the point is, though, you're going to be sold on this idea when you're getting into real estate with a broker, sometimes they will sell you on this idea of getting leads. But what I have found, and I think this is still true today, even with all of the different online platforms, you're not going to get some slew of leads every day. It's just not possible. Like, and if you just do the math on how many people are buying homes every month. And then how many agents are And then how many office. licensed agents are there? How many, yeah. And then how many are in my office? Yeah. It, the math doesn't I mean, add up. Uh, no. Okay, and it's, then and the same thing for they're Zillow. They're banking on your on you not know, understanding how the business works. And you know what? And now I'm kind yeah, yeah, of going. You're going to get leads. I'm yeah, we'll get you. You'll get a ton of leads. I'm kind of going Basic off on math, a fundamental a, a tangent. But if you listen to like how many people go and look at houses on Zillow, and how many people actually buy houses every year, there's millions of people who look at houses every day that are not qualified to buy a home. I'm not saying that they won't turn into something someday, but until you have a systematic plan of follow-up for a year, which I still question, and I've been doing this for 15 years, and I still question if we if our follow-up system is good enough for a year plus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been doing this for a long time. So, And we have a lot of things in place, systems mm-hmm. in place, and are do actually currently doing a touch program for over a year yeah. and still not sure how well it's working. Yeah. And and I just mean because it's like it's hard to keep in communication with somebody for that long and keep them engaged when they're not really interested in doing something. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not really a buyer or seller. They're just curious. So at some point they will become a buyer or seller because most people do own real estate and not all, but like most people who are clicking around on Zillow at some point will want to buy or sell a home. However, my point is just you're, you are in control of how many leads you get, not a broker, not, you know, anything else, not some online system, unless you have thousands of dollars to spend. And even then you need to understand what I just said is that even if you had thousands of dollars to to spend on Zillow leads, what is the plan to keep in touch right. with you them? You have to have the architecture built yeah. to be able to maintain and keep up with yeah. all of those over a year, for over a year, like that, and stay organized with it. So if you don't have that architecture built, then you're wasting your time. Throwing sticks at the wall, buddy. So, yeah. So I, you were talking about like the different buckets. We've got your sphere. Yes. Thank you for keeping me on track. <laughs> what he's here for? Reining me back in. <laughs> Um, well, so the second thing that I would do though, after those first couple of weeks of building a sphere list and calling and communicating with them is to then start looking into open houses as a source of business. And why? Why would I not call Fizbos and Expires, but do open houses? Face-to-face community engagement. That's one. That's neighborhood. a Neighborhood. Touching a neighborhood. Um, well, they're easier to get. Buyers okay. are easier to get. I believe that you don't have to have as much skill to get a buyer to work with you because they're coming to you. Well, they're not spending, they're not the ones spending the money. They're not actually paying you. They're not paying you. But also I, and I heard this in a, like a seminar or not a seminar conference at one point, but, um, buyers expect customer service. Like they want quickness and responsiveness. Um, sellers want knowledge, skill, 
negotiation expertise, those kinds of things. So it is easier to get a buyer, not just because As especially yeah. they're yeah. coming to yeah. you, but because you don't have to be super skilled to grab one. Right. So that is why I would suggest doing this next. And a lot of people like focus on listings. If you're going to be a single agent or you want to build a team, you are taught to focus on listings. But what I'm suggesting is build, like start to build your business and get like to get business going, focus on the easy grab after you build your sphere, the Mm -hmm. long term, build a nice foundation. You can get listing leads from your sphere. Like that's, that, that, that. That's an, that you can get an listing leads from open houses too. Sure. So a lot of these people that want to buy a house also need to sell. Yes. So, but my point is you've got, you should have three or four sources of business. And so if you're thinking about, okay, well, I've built my long-term plan of the people that I already know. I did that in the first month. Where am I going to focus the second month? It should be on something where they've raised their hand and said, I actually have a real estate need that doesn't cost money. And so then your sources, your choices are FISBO, expired, or open houses. Those are the three choices of mm-hmm. people are saying, I want to sell or buy real estate and I'm ready to do it for the most part. Some open house leads are a little bit further out. And, um, but then also the second thing is what Kayla said is that you actually can be face to face with people. So it's really easy when you do your follow up, they'll actually know who you are right. for the most part when you call them the next Versus day. Versus calling a FISBO. Right. Have no, you were the sixth realtor that called them that day and they're mad. Take yeah. me off your list. <laughs> so, and a lot of new agents have apprehension about cold calling. And some people could argue that FISBOs aren't cold calling because they, you know, they have a real estate need, but they didn't inquire to you. So that's what makes it uncomfortable mm-hmm. is like you don't want to call them because you're like, well, I don't want to bother them because they didn't actually ask me and blah, blah, blah. So if you're fearful of all of that, well, the really easy thing to do then is to go focus on people that you can meet in person who then will know who you are when you call them the next day or right. the same day. Right. Um, and you're just asking them for feedback and then you just hit them with the question. You're ready to meet <laughs> two to four. Yeah. So and then if. As a new agent, I would plan on doing a minimum of eight open houses a month. Yeah. And I know that's a lot. Sounds like a lot. But, it's a lot. But let's look let's at it. Do You've, a week. The first, few, the first few weeks, you were building this sphere. Well, now the sphere's built, right? And um, you don't have any clients. So your job- Is to find open houses. Is to find open houses. To that, hold open. Like, <laughs> you, got, you got a 40-hour work week, right? So- if you can't find two open houses in 40 hours, you know, then then you're not using your time correctly. What are you doing, bud? Well, yeah. yeah and I think that's and and I can be honest and think back that I probably didn't spend enough time. I did build a lot of well, not a lot, but like I <laughs> I built sales from open houses. Right. And don't forget, you've also not you, but. We're, we've said you have already shadowed a few open houses. Yes. So if you've done your job and inquired and asked questions, that listing agent was like, well, that was refreshing. And we'll, we'll probably let you do open houses at, their, at theirs, but at least you've made a connection and you can say, hey, who else should I call in the office that yeah. has listings that is cool like you? that or whatever. So it's let like, me tell you who to focus on when you're looking for agents to to do their open houses. <laughs> Look for people who are primarily a single agent or maybe a single agent with an admin 
who also um, have a lot of listings, so they're more listing focused, and that maybe also have some kids because then they're busy on weekends. They don't really want to do open houses, so they'll be happy to give them to you. It's harder to get them from teams because the teams, like we have people that we have to give our open houses to. That's part of the team concept. And so I can't give it to somebody else unless I really need someone to host it and nobody else is available. So don't, don't bother doing that. Like look for... Um, be strategic in who you're asking. Right. And um, and if you work for a bigger brokerage like Keller Williams or or Remax or one of these bigger places, they usually have more than one office in a yeah. local. And you can easily call and get a hold of those offices too. Yeah. You know, you don't have to stick in your tiny brokerage. Yeah. Are, we, are we boring you, <laughs> Kayla? She's big old yawn. No. <laughs> the coffee's kicked in, I swear. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is, is we have done um, open houses for people other than our own brokerage. And I think people are afraid to ask. This is a long shot, but. Like, just who cares? Like, just ask. What's the worst that they can say? Kayla knows. (laughs) I had one lady say, I feel very off that you're asking me. Did she say I feel off? Yeah. (laughs) It's very off that you're asking me. I thought she said it was inappropriate. (laughs) No, she's, I I feel off that you're asking me. Okay. Okay. Rhonda. That wasn't her real name. Okay. I don't know what her name was. Oh my gosh, let's not call her out. (laughs) Um, Whatever her name was or his, could have been a guy. Um, That is the worst that you'll ever hear. Yeah. By the way, because I've never, I've never heard that. And in fact, over the years, most of the time people are like, sure, when do you want to do it? That's the day when I asked like 25 agents throughout the Central Florida area. Yeah. So one out of 25, whatever. Well, and you will. So in this market where listings are going pending faster, you will have to ask more people than in a different market. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe 20 to 30 people you will have to put out inquiries to. How long do you think that takes? Um, Probably 15, 20 minutes if you just copy and paste and get a rhythm going. Okay. Just have so, the MLS open or whatever system you use and it's the contact information's right there. Just So 15 to 20 minutes on an eight hour day. Maybe you do it a couple times that week just to make sure and like maybe you send them a message first and then the next day you call a few of the ones that you really want to hold open. You're going to get one mm-hmm. and you've got like seven and a half more hours to do other things. <laughs> like I think like if the market's moving quickly, push to do it on a Wednesday and Thursday and get that marketing like ready, like templated up so that it's ready to launch so that you don't have to spend days with preparing flyers or social media posts. Well, so then that's the next thing. So what does marketing look like for an agent when it's 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 not your listing, um, but you want to make sure you get as many people through the door and you get something out of the open house that it was worth your time. So you spent 15 to 20 minutes inquiring to 25 people. Now you have another seven and a half hours. What can you do with that time to get set up for the open house? Let's say you found one. What can you do? Yeah, you just can, plug in a picture and update the address. Well, you you, you can <laughs> five minutes because it's not your listing. You can ask the agent to put it on um, MLS, MLS yep. and Zillow, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can do directly. You can um, get an email going. The, e- the easiest thing to do is to post it onto your Facebook page, yep, uh-huh. right, and and stuff, and just so that people are seeing that you're out there doing. And your sphere can see. So maybe that would be a good touch to your sphere. Yeah. I'm not saying, do not send your sphere every open house you ever do. No. But you're in week four or five. My first open house. 
you could send them all an email and say, thank you so much for talking to me this week. It was really nice catching up. I'm doing my first open house. I wanted to share with you in case you know anybody that's looking in this area. Right. And then you've touched them three times. And and you can easily ask them, will you please share it? Yep. Because then they're going to share it on their page. And somebody else, because we've said a million times, the sphere isn't necessarily the people in the sphere. It's who the sphere knows. Yes. Right? So we're going to try to push that right at the beginning. That concept. That's yeah. that's something that's going to be going on for years and years and years. It's not necessarily the sphere. It's who the sphere knows. Yes. I think the, the key, I want to go back to that message I was talking about, because if you send that as an email, I think that's a good email touch. Don't make it look like um, a, a mailing list yeah. email. Right. When you have enough people in your list that have actually worked with you over time and they expect a form email, like like we send out an email. Like newsletter. Yes, let's call it an email newsletter that has information about what we're doing to volunteer this month and what our VIP raffle is and what the market's doing and those kinds of things. Because there's enough people in the list and that that know who we are as realtors. Remember, you're building a sphere that right now know you as your name college student. Yeah. Dentist. We always say dentist. I know. Client. Uh, well, yeah. I was going to say, your, what does a dentist call their, oh, patient? Patient. Yeah. yeah. The d- dental patient. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't know why we always say dentist. But they know you as something else. So it's really, it should be just like a plain text email mm-hmm. that maybe you have a link or maybe a photo. I don't even know if I'd put a photo. It'd just be like a quick touch. Like, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate your support and I'm excited to get started. I'm actually doing my first open house this weekend. Here's a link to the information. It's in this neighborhood. If you happen to know anyone, could you share this along with them or post it to your Facebook page? I'd really appreciate it. Um, P.S. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Smiley emoji. <laughs> um, then then it's just like a little extra. It's a thank you. And P.S. I'm doing this. Can you tell someone about it? Yeah. <laughs> and you want to get them. You're getting them engaged from the beginning and supporting you in this this journey. And it's just it's, not every it's time. Too, it's too. It turns yeah, scam. It, that's the important to remember. It's twofold. Right. So mm-hmm. posting. Having it posted to MLS and Zillow is going to get most of the people who are going to come to the house they're, they're, for the open house. That are house. looking yeah, that are to looking, buy. Right. The goal of t- reaching out to your sphere with their, your first open house is a touch. And they're, the chances of them sending somebody or them being interested is 0.0001. Right. But that's not the point of it. The point of it is I'm doing it. I'm in real estate. I'm doing it. And for them to know because the goal is for them to hear the word real estate and go, I have somebody for you. Well, because you're trying to change their perspective. perspective of who you are. I'm no longer your college roommate. Right. I'm your realtor. Right. And I can be that. I can still chug a Red Bull, though. <laughs> <laughs> I still do, still do a Jagerbuff with you. <laughs> but I am your realtor. I am professional. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yes, so that that's the purpose of that That you know, sharing that information with them. And then at that point, you've called, you've mailed, and you've emailed, which are three touches over the course of like a month. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to do about 40 touches to Mm -hmm. these people a year to really get them to remember you in that way and think of you. Right. So um, so you're kind of doing two things at once. Yes, you're going to do your first open house, and you're also going to let these people know 
that you you're busy now. You're getting things going. And at the open house, of course, you've asked other agents, how do you follow up with people? And they're going to tell you, I, I do eight to 10 touches, you know, in the first like week or two of meeting these people. So you're going to go and set up your open house. Here's what I'm going to say. You don't need cookies. You Mm-mm. don't need anything. We haven't had cookies since COVID hit us. Yeah. And it's been. Nobody cares. Nobody. Look, it's nice. It's fine. Don't worry about it. If you it's live. so like. Yeah. Like it's just not important. If you live in Florida like we do. Where it in the summer and it's <laughs> it can be a thousand degrees and sometimes people's ACs when you go do their open houses it's hot and everything else and if you want to have a bunch of small water water bottles, bottles for sure then then by all means go grab a bunch of little the little bottles and stuff but snacks and pretzels and cook crackers and cookies and uh, brokers opens and we're gonna put a deli tray out and blah 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 and all of all of that stuff none of the, n- nobody cares waters nobody business cares. cards and a speaker with music because nobody wants to sit in silence yes yeah, yeah. you gotta get, get yourself a blue gonna sign speaker. in sign in either laptop iPad or paper sign in sheet well that's the yeah, most important. all you need that's yeah. that's that's the most don't important. go to open house if you don't intend somebody to sign in so you know what i went to um you've got to this is really important so when i went to an open house recently and i brought buyers to the open house and it was so busy because that's a new listing in this market right now you could get like 40 50 people through the door mm-hmm. maybe even more and that can be overwhelming you have to set up assume it's going to be slammed just assume even and if nobody shows up Okay, we'll bring a book. (laughs) Um, But expect that it's going to be busy so that you're set up for that. Because I went to this open house and I walked in with the buyers. We walked through the entire house. I never saw the realtor, but I did see the sign-in sheet on the countertop completely empty. Yeah. Because you know why? Because the sign-in sheet was not by the front door. It was like way in the kitchen somewhere, which was not anywhere near the front of the house. There was nobody to greet when we walked in. We just wandered around these people's house by ourselves. And it was just not set up for the purpose of generating business, which is what the open house is for. I would suggest, and I don't know, I would suggest, especially if it wasn't my open house or like my, my listing or whatever, I would always, in the back of my car, have one of those fold out four foot tables always yeah because you never know what you're going to get when you get to that open house where the kitchen's going to be is there furniture mm-hmm. is it vacant all of that stuff always have a table in in your trunk that you can pull out and if it's going to be a slammed open house oh this house uh just came on the market and um it's in a desirable location and it's in the price range and all of those things set that up in right front of the door. At the front door. Like yeah. outside and the door. Nobody gets through <laughs> the door until they sign in. Yeah. And, and then you get every then you have any questions? Come back out and, and and let me know. Right. And then that way nobody gets through without signing in. Anybody who wants to leave can't like that's that's just the way that it is. I think some agents will say, No, you have to set up inside because you want to keep an eye on blah 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 and all of that stuff. The point of this open house is to get people to sign in so that you can call them on Monday. That mm-hmm. is the whole reason you're doing an open house. There's no other reason, right? It's not even your listing. You're doing someone else's listing. Your job is to get 
a list of people's names who are interested in buying homes. And the only way you can do that is get them to sign in. And the only way you can get them to sign in is to meet them at the front door and have them sign that piece of paper. If you just put it on the counter and say, please sign in if you have an opportunity. And then you go talk to some couple and you're chatting up some one couple. And then at the end of that conversation, they say, oh yeah, we have an agent. (laughs) And you miss six other people. You just made a friend. Good job. It's getting ranty over there. I'm not getting ranty. I'm just saying it's like these the people need to hear this. They need to hear it. Well, OK, but I again, we're seeking our best. So we're not like I'm yelling at everybody. <laughs> I, I, did, I did one open house and I got it all figured out. Right? right, right. I mean, you did have hey. like 40 people come through that and one all, open house. And, and they all did sign. And, and they all let signed me in. tell you, he had a full sign in sheet because he's learned <laughs> how yeah. to do it right from me. But I've only learned how to do it right through experience. So I guess that's that's what I'm, I was trying to say with like. I'm, I'm just always looking for like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> like, so when we used to get sign in sheets and I couldn't read a word that somebody wrote on the page, there's got to be a better way. Well, there is. And you just have to figure out um, what's going to work best for you. We tried. Remember, we bought like a like one of those Google like a tablet pads, thing tablets yeah. and, sa- and then that was a pain in the ass because people had to type it and, and everything and you're standing and only one person can sign in and it takes forever. And so that didn't work. And the, so sometimes you if especially if you're standing there you fill it out for them yeah. what's your email yeah. address what's, what's your, your phone what's your name what's your you know what i mean and, and people by the be way way more willing to give you their phone number when you ask them for their phone number than just having a sheet there and nobody watching well yeah. so that was the thing like and we've probably talked about this on an open house like more focused um episode before but people would sign in their name email address and phone number if it was above Right. And then the one time somebody would say, I'm just going to put my name, then the rest of the people just, just put their put names. Name. And so unless you're constantly looking at the list and updating it and getting one, two, like, three at hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many Ed Fatigas that came through my <laughs> right. Um, But unless you're constantly able to do that, then you're going to end up with a list that's half full. And then we tried the tablet. And the tablet, you can't rely on people to do that themselves. It was too, it took too long and all that. So now we have a form that we fill out. And by the way, when you ask somebody directly to their mm-hmm. face, what's the best phone number for they're you? They're going to give you the real phone number. It is not very lie. likely that they're going to. Now, every now and then somebody's going to tell you the wrong thing, yeah, but, but they're more likely to just give it to you and they're less likely to say no because yeah. it's awkward yeah. to do that to That's somebody's right. face. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas if I say, and what's your name? And what's your phone number? They're just gonna say they're just gonna give it to you. Yeah. So, um, so you you've got to set up the open house for success, or you'll end up spending your weekends in somebody else's uncomfortably hot house. Right. And then <laughs> nobody uses their AC properly. And then you'll get a list. You'll go get your list. There'll be a quarter of the people part of the information you'll be spend all day Sunday trying to decipher somebody's email address <laughs> and stuff it's it's it, the- well so one of the things so if if you do eight open houses this is all like math stuff right so if you do eight open houses and you had five people come through every open house um, and you were able to do a five percent conversion rate which I think you can do better than that um, but if you did five percent conversion rate you should set two appointments right a month from that activity. So, and once you get better at your appointment setting or taking the buyer with your appointments, 
you know, it's like you're that you make the right, you set the right appointments and everything. It's like you're going to get. It's going to be one of your top closed. But, but, yeah. but wait, but so let me go back, though. That is if you had all five people's full info. Right. So if you go to an open house and you spend, you know, an hour setting up and an hour breaking down, it's not really that long, but let's say you spend three well, you gotta, hours. You got to drive there. You got to put total. signs up. You got to break the signs down. It's raining. It's three o'clock. <laughs> it and always it, happens to rain. Yeah. It really does. So let's say you spend three to three and a half hours though and five people come through, but only one person puts their number down. Well, then all of a sudden... Yeah. Your chances of actually setting an appointment just went to zero. Dropped to nothing. Yeah. So you have to get their contact info. It's the only thing you're there to do. Like that's so when when I said like your first week in real estate, your job is to build a sphere list and then call them all. Well, your job at an open house is to get everybody's contact details. Well, let's take a break and then next week we can get into uh, maybe a little bit of, of what to do with those people because you're going to call them and they might not answer. And what hey, do we do with that? We can do that. And then we also, is next week family reunion? Next Saturday. Ne- the next, so next week we'll probably have like a regular, we'll get into some of that. And then we have family reunion. So we'll um, we'll come back the following week probably. Live from Orlando. Live, Live from Orlando. From Orlando. It, family reunion is in our hometown, not anywhere near where we live, but it's, Technically, it's closer than anywhere else it would have been. It's technically, Orlando. Is yeah. it Orlando? It's, it's Kissimmee. Kissimmee. <laughs> Whatever. Right. It's Central Florida. All right. Let's take a quick break. Okay. The Think Live B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Welcome. Hi. What are we doing next? So we'll do a little, what's that? What are those called? Affirmators. Affirmators. Ow, my back or something <laughs> it, it hurts i feel like it's just like i gotta pop it <laughs> so this is an affirmators card yeah and we're gonna read one randomly and we're gonna apply it to the team the team this week so okay well so just a reminder these are um affirmation cards to help you help yourself without the self-helpiness <laughs> it's, uh, they're written by a comedian who i don't remember her name um, but Pat says she's funny. And I think this card is pretty, it looks like it's going to be a good one. Um, okay. It's titled Dependability. It says, I tap into the most reliable parts of myself and let them guide me towards unconditional dependability. On time, schmon time. <laughs> From now on, I'm early. To-do list, more like to-did list. <laughs> that thing is to to done. <laughs> Phone call I've been reluctant to return, all over it. But first, let me just hop on my computer and make sure cat memes still exist. There yes. you go. Always have to look for the fun in the day, right? Um. Well, I think it's funny because we're... We're reading the Eat That Frog book. We're wrapping it up today. Mm-hmm. 
in our um, book club and at the team meeting. And if you join the Think Lib team, you get to be part of the book club. <laughs> you get to read. We make you read. Yeah. No, you have to like to read in the get go for fun. Um, but anyways, the book is it's all about not procrastinating, which I thought that that, that kind of um, made me think about that. It's like I'm going to execute. I'm yeah. gonna, this week is going to be mine. I'm going to yeah. do it. And then like immediately you get distracted with something. Yeah. But you just go oh, for the things that you can cross off the list. And you're just like, well, that was you get the, like these six things on Friday that are like really important to do. Right. Oh, you're my like, goodness. what a dud Kayla's of a Friday. <laughs> I learned it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. I do think like that that book as it's really kind of just basic principles of not procrastinating. That's really yeah, what it's all yeah. about. But I do think one of the things that I've I've been doing um to to get my to do to do list more like to did is truly writing everything down and then just prioritizing what's yeah. most important. And which sounds so simple, but like really brain dumping. I hate that phrase. Brain dump. Brain dump. Yeah. <laughs> like everything you can think of. And then what's most priority for you to do and what can someone else do and leverage and or what can just be skipped that day because it's really not that important. I like the brain dump emails, though, in the beginning of the week. It just gets everything out that you know needs to get done this week. And then it gives you something to look back at and make sure that everything was done. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Those are my stuff emails that I send Kayla on the weekend. Stuff. Titled and it's stuff. Like, it's like a book. <laughs> and she's like, what am I supposed to do? Read all of this? I do, though. <laughs> I do read it. I refer back to it like two to three times a week. What else would I title that? I like I've thought about it before. Stuff is just fine. Stuff, stuff feels stuff like it's, emails. Yeah, it's not right. like get this done. It's like this is stuff. I'm like, well, I want to do stuff. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the web. This is a short one. What gifts do you get for your clients after closing? Ooh. The gift of my presence being at the table. <laughs> um, uh, we we've done a, a lot of different things. Um, right now, currently, we have a system, a system, um, which is champagne bottles with our logo, with on our it. little branded TV. logo that says "Congrats." And then a cheese board that also has our logo on it. And it has like cheese knives inside of it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little it's thing. Cute. And that's what we do now. Um, over the years, I have done many things like taking pictures of people's houses and making it into a cute little drawing thing. Going to the store and filling up a basket with $300 worth of stuff. Yeah, they really like this. And- right. And we still do ask. So we're, we're again, we're always seeking our best. Like uh, I do think that they're... There are ways to have a system that also still feels more personal. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we're we've been talking about for too long now, and we're going to do this year, darn it, <laughs> is um, we're going to have um, d- like different options. So we ask people a list of things about them, like what are their hobbies, what's their favorite restaurant, what's their favorite drink or beverage, and through those answers, we could compile like a, a little gift basket. And we could have it systematic because here's the thing. People answer the same answers every time. Coffee, wine, beer. Exactly. Coffee, and, wine, beer. <laughs> and so we could have like a little coffee gift basket with our favorite coffee, Golden Hills. Mm-hmm. They're going to become a sponsor one day. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and that could be appropriate for people who put that on their 
contact info sheet mm-hmm. right. um, instead of giving them cheese board and champagne. And sometimes you have repeat business. And yeah. then sometimes sometimes people put, they like to entertain. Well, guess what? Then champagne and a cheese board is perfect for them. Yeah. And the, um, the goal was to, we found that the more, the faster clothes, closing started to happen, the more there was a runaround of, I had to stop doing, not me, but you had to stop doing what you were doing to run around and go to Target and then go to a world market and then get something else. And what do I get these people? And what should we get? And the amount of time and energy and really mind money that it takes to do that is not worth it at the end of the day. They're happy. They sold their house or they bought a house. It's a, it's a gesture. So buying just something for every, the same thing for everybody is just a much easier, better way to do it. Can I tell you, let me, okay. Are we running long? No, Cause I got fine. a little story. It's fine. One time I bought these really cool tiki mugs. Oh, remember yeah. like at like a vintage store because I knew that they wanted to build this tea bar in the backyard and stuff. And, um, yeah, I forget what they were. They like, I forget what they were, but yeah, they were really nice, like ceramic. Yeah, they were like vintage vintage tiki tiki mugs. mugs. Yeah, they were nice. And um, anyways, you know, I gave that gift to those people and I did it because I knew they would enjoy them. I don't regret or anything, but like those people, you know, I don't talk to those people anymore. They, They don't respond. I'm pretty sure they sold their house without me because guess what? Even good agents like lose clients. So just get used to that. Um, you know, they meet somebody else or whatever. Good angels give like really nice gifts, lose clients. <laughs> yeah. I like went, I went to a store in like hand selected gifts. It doesn't matter. And you have to realize that this is a business and treat it like one. You can still give people nice things, but mm-hmm. you don't need to spend your hard your time is your capital. Yes, your time. Your time is everything. Time and and is the more money. you realize like the dollar per hour activity, I just took Profit Camp, which is like a Keller Williams um, maps course. And um, you, you talk a lot about like dollar per hour activities. And the more you can realize that as you as you do have some sales and then do the math and realize like, if I spend time at Target or some vintage store looking for the perfect gift for these people because I thought we were friends, <laughs> um, then like how much is that? Now that gift isn't hundred dollars. That gift is twenty five. It's now two fifty. Yeah, it's like you you spent so much money when you should have reinvested that into your business because that's what this is a business transaction. You can be friendly with people. Yeah. You can buy them nice things, but it should be, you should have a system for it. Like everything else should be a yeah. system because it's a business. And what's nice about like those cheese boards, for example, is that they come in a small rectangular box and they can be stacked in a corner and they don't take up any room. Right. Um, like the, the coffee thing that we were just talking about, um, you don't buy real, you don't buy coffee cause coffee goes bad. But what you do is a French press that comes in a rectangular cardboard box and you can stack those boxes and you buy 10 of them or you buy 20 of everything and you put them all in a corner. And then when you have a closing, you just go grab them. Oh, we've There's also no run, done running around looking for stuff. What's your hand? I've got for? something super exciting to share with people. System. Save yourself. Time equals money. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down. Did you just make I just made that up. You made an acronym? In my head. Yep. (laughs) Wait, say it again. Save yourself. Time equals money. (laughs) We're going to put that on a board. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I had to share. I was super excited. Save yourself. Time equals money. Time equals money. Good job. Thank you. I I think that one needs a little bit of tweaking. No. (laughs) It's great. I like it. I like it. Save yourself. Save yourself. Time, time equals, equals money. money. I don't know, like, yeah. System. Yep. Yeah, it's cute. Okay. <laughs> I 
Oh man, now I don't so, know what I was, I was so excited. Say. Well, we were just I'm sure to cry. You know, don't don't per, you don't have to personalize everything for everybody. And re- remember that I think the be- best point to remember is the is hourly that that thing that cost 50 bucks didn't cost 50 bucks if you spent all day on amazon looking for the perfect whatever or you're on wayfair or whatever you're doing it's like that's money that you should be looking for new clients or calling people back and instead you're doing this so instead of 50 bucks it actually costs you 250 bucks well and so two things also, I have heard on multiple occasions, like, have you ever gotten a gift from your dentist? Right. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm using no, the dentist. gotten again. a bill. Well, they do give you a free toothbrush. Um, <laughs> they give, you get a free toothbrush? Yeah. I don't get anything. Um, I ask for stickers. So I get one of those. <laughs> um, but have you ever gotten a gift from your dentist, from your doctor? Lawyer. From a lawyer. Have you ever gotten a gift from any business professional? Have you ever gotten a gift from your CPA? No, they just send me large bills. Um, <laughs> like... Nobody else does this. This is just something that realtors do and not all realtors even do it. Yeah. So it does not, it, it just should be like a gesture. Like and by you the said, way, it's we a try, gesture. We try to put our logo on everything we can so that it's a write-off. Yeah. Well, so, and a front of mind thing for the clients. So right. the, the other thing, too. the other thing I was going to say though, is we've done, um, in the past we did like, remember those, those like artist pieces that, mm-hmm. um, it was like They're a like little ceramic. clay with ceramic, yeah. like a ceramic thing with a painting on it. Um, that was cute. And I think could be used in most anybody's house. Cause it wasn't like super yeah, it was, one style or the other. Yeah. Like it was, it was pretty easy. But what was special about that is that it's actually like a handmade thing from an artist. So everybody can appreciate something like that, but yet I could buy them multiples at a time mm-hmm. because they he was pumping those things out like there's no tomorrow so you can still have a nice thoughtful gift that is special that is unique that is systematic it yeah. can be both at the you same could time. spend you're allowed to spend time coming up with the initial, the initial idea. idea yeah and then and then go and get that stuff and, and everything but and you don't want to well, now these people they really like the um San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to go and try to track down this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then the next person and the next person. And it's like, it's, it's too much. You're supposed, that's not one of your job duties. Isn't shopping for gifts. Right. So, so just get something that makes sense and is sort of thoughtful to everybody. Agreed. Done. Small win. Kayla, do you have a small win this week? Why does she look so excited? I don't know. Well, since the Bills aren't in the Super Bowl, but I will say the last game they played was the literal Super Bowl. The entire country can agree to that. I know you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but to the listeners, you know what I'm saying. Uh, So that's not a small win for me. No. But a small win is I got to see my daddy this weekend. He is on uh, duty here in... Uh, the Tampa area at McDill Air Force Base. So I got to have a nice dinner. We went to the oh, casino. Nice. We lost money. And then we had breakfast the next day. So oh, that's very cool. It's nice to see my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, considering your family lives way up north. Yeah, they the, live in the, the tundra. By, There's by like chance. 20 inches of snow. I know, it's crazy up there. But by chance that he ends up in like pretty close in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Uh, my small win was that I helped you hang drywall. That's right. I So I shouldn't have because I have an injured <laughs> back. But I did it. I pushed through the pain. 
and we got up a giant piece of drywall in our cl- on our closet ceiling. So it wasn't like on the wall. It was like whole the ceiling. Yeah, we had put up a four foot by eight foot sheet of drywall oh on the ceiling, just the two of us. Just the two of us. And I've got to say, like, so is a small win for me. I've done plenty of stuff at our old house, but I really haven't done a ton of stuff here because I'm busy, and so I make Pat do it all. Thanks, <laughs> Pat. Um, but I haven't done like manual physical labor like that in a long time. And so I felt I felt empowered, you know, to be able yeah, to do it and do to it. push through that back pain and be like, I'm just going to ice this later. But it also reminded me how amazing you are oh, and you. that you oh, can just it. do anything. He like slapped up that drywall, got it all up. It's all mudded. It's beautiful. It looks brand new. Yeah. It's like your in-house Ron Swanson. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's your Pe- small win? People who buy things. What's he say? I think just like people who buy are... things are idiots. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that, when he made the rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is, that's my small win too, is that we finally got that st- stuff up in that, that attic or that attic, the uh, closet, because it is the last part of the house that had, had to be done. And so now it's got a new ceiling and now we can take all of the stuff that was in that closet that's now st- Strown about, yeah, stacked on on the bed in the guest room and stuff, and get everything back in there. Yeah, which would be nice. my bedroom. Yeah. My bedroom's finally going to be open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at Seek the Best Pod. And for Cat Kill and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.